If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are certain tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spoofy, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make podcasts in one place. Mandatory call to action. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello everyone, welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast, episode 35. As you know, I'm your host, Pastor Ron Weaver. I count it an honor and privilege to be here to teach you the Word of God and bring people into the house of God to help change a lost and dying world. I thank God for that privilege and I thank you for the ones that listen. A little bit more on that later. We're going to be continuing our Bible study on the book of Faith, Hope, and Courage in the Changing Time. It's a devotional book that was I got, and um, it's encouraging, and I think it's been encouraging. Some of you have been listening even more, and I appreciate that. But before we keep, and then we've got a special story on how God teaches us in different ways. Three pillars of stability in difficult times. But first, before we do any of that, we're going to go into our worship segment. Be right back after these worship songs.
Welcome back to God's Internet Church Podcast, episode 35. And I hope that you enjoyed that song we played called Surrender. And we need to have a fear and good relationship with God. We have to learn to surrender every area, every being of our life to him. So he can use us for his glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, we're going to go into our Bible study now from the book, the devotional book I got called Faith, Oath, and Courage in Changing Times. I believe this is the third podcast that we've been using this book, and we've been learning about how we can navigate through these difficult times. And right now, this was wrote way, way, way before the pandemic even came. And but God, as a, as a good God, gave us the ability, or he had a plan prepared for this podcast. And me, didn't realize it at the time when I picked it up from that free store, my mom did. But it's here to help us in this changing time. So we're going to talk about words today and how words matter. And we're going to find out how. There's three thoughts here I want to share with you. And we're going to look first at the book of James. Let's go to the book of James if you got your Bible with you. The book of James. And we're going to look at chapter number five. And we're going to start in verse one. And it says, Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl, for your misery shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupt, and your garments are molten. Your gold and silver is quenched, and the rest of them will be witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire, or have heaped treasure together for a for the last day. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down his fields, which is of you to kept back thy fraud crieth, and the cries of them which reap and enter into the heirs of the Lord's Sabbath. You have lived in pleasure on the earth and have been wanton. You have nourished your heart as a day of slaughter. You have commanded and killed the just as does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and has long patience for it. Ye, until ye receive the earth in a latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord dwelleth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, these be condemned. Behold, judge standeth before the door. Now, in this episode of podcast, as I said, we're going to be doing <clears throat> talking about words. And words hit or hurt people and help people, which we'll find out as we go. Now, this talks about basically 
telling us not to complain. In fact, James 5.9 NTV version says do not complain. Okay? So what we need to do, and us Christians, we like to complain. We do. We like to complain about Sally Joe. We like to complain about Ben. We like to complain about Joseph. We like to complain about how God's not helping us. We like to complain about how the devil is attacking us. We like to complain how much gas is. We like to complain. Let me tell you something. James is teaching us here in this scripture that we need to stop complaining. And the title of this first thought is, we need to go on a complaining fast. A complaining fast. Well, just like we go on a fast when we're trying to pray for something special or some time of need or some time of fasting, we, we, we give up something. Well, we need to go on a permanent complaining fast because whatever we keep doing becomes a habit. Okay? If we complain, it's going to become a habit of complaining. My father on a daily basis, will sit there, look out his window, and complain about what the neighbors are doing. They'll complain that their door is being left open, the wind is bringing the door open. They'll complain about leaves that are blowing all around that he did his and they didn't do theirs. Now, that is a legitimate complaint there. They'll complain that the mail's late, you know. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to complain because complaining will bring you down and get your eyes off Jesus. A complaining fast won't just make everyone around you happier. You're Because let me tell you something, things. living with someone that's negative and complaining all the time is a hard thing to do, and you really want to run from them. You'll experience more joy in your life, more peace, more success, and, a po and positive relationships. Because people will not run from you. Okay? We're going to talk here really quickly about, in this first thought, three thoughts that we need to do. First thought is, we need to practice gratitude. We need to give thanks for three blessings every day. And as we do this, energizes you and makes us feel happier. So in other words, we got to find some three things every day that God did for us. Every day. You get the point? If we start doing this, we're going to make it a habit of looking for what God did for us and not complain what he hasn't done for us. Or we haven't observed what he's done for us. Okay, two. We need to encourage others instead of complaining about what people are doing wrong. All right? We need, in other words, instead of looking for their thoughts, we need to encourage them. We need to put ourselves in their shoes. Right now, we've got a little power struggle going on at home. We're taking care of my mother-in-law, and we got to go. She's got to go to Dallas, and she has a queen complex 
and she's not happy unless we're doing every single thing for her. Well, we got to the point now where we just don't do everything for her that she can do. But, because if she can do things, she needs to be doing those things. But, she wants to complain about things which her schedule right now takes up a lot of time and we can't get out to do the things that she thinks should be done already. In other words, instead of complaining, she should be encouraging us for the things we have done. All right? Now, I'm not using her as an example out of spite. I'm just using her as an example because we all have those moments in our lives, people in our lives. Three, we got to focus on your successes, okay? So, in other words, instead of focusing on what not has happened, focus on what you succeeded in and keep a journal <coughs> every day before you go to bed. Write in your journal the three things you praise God for and the three and the successes that you accomplished today. All right? And then at the end of the week, I want you to look back. I want you to look back at it every week. The end of the week, from the time you start the journal, go back seven days later, read all seven days, and you'll find out what God has helped you successfully. And that will encourage you. All right? Four. I know I said three, but there's five. Four, learn to let go instead of obsessing. In other words, we just got to learn to let it go and move on and do the things the first three steps. And the last one, use the power of prayer. Paul says, pray for all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, Ephesians 6.18. Now, it wasn't that I wasn't prepared. I just, God spoke to me to use those two thoughts. I wasn't going to, but God spoke to me just now to share them. So if we do go on this complaining path, and we learn to pr give practice gratitude every night for three things that God did for us, we learn to stop complaining about people and encourage them to do better, and start looking at what they do and not what they do wrong. Focusing on our successes instead of writing down and complaining of our complaints. We're going to find out we're going to have a better and healthier relationship with others, with God, and with yourself. Hallelujah. You will feel much better. Now, let's go to the second thought which we'll find in Lamentations. Lamentations, chapter number three. And we're going to look at verses one through 21. It says, I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He had led me and brought me into darkness, but not into the light. Surely against me is he turned. He turned his hands against me all day. 
My flesh and my skins has he made old. He has broken my bones. He has built against me compassionately and gall and travel. He has set me in a dark place as that being de dead of old. He heads, he has heads me about. I cannot go out and has made my chains heavy. Also, when I cry and shout, he suffers out my praise. He has enclosed my ways with clean stones. He has made my path crooked. He has he was unto me as a bear lying in wait, and as a lion in a secret place. He has has turned aside my ways and pulled me to pieces. He make made me desolate. He made me bend low, bow, and set in the mark of the arrow. He has caused my arrow out of his quiver to enter into my reign. I was a dispersion to all my people and their song all day. He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood. He has also broken my teeth with gravel stone. He has covered me with ashes. He has removed my soul far from peace. I forgot prosperity. And I said my strength is and hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering my afflictions and my misery, wormwood and all my gall, my soul has them in the remembrance of humbling me. And the verse I want to run out to you, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. All right? The importance of self-talk. Now, Lamentations chapter, this chapter describes how despair and God and how we cannot conquer it. Jeremiah downward spiral started in, in verse 1. I am a man has seen affliction and morphed into unhealthy preoccupations with this trouble. The fact is that our circumstances deteriorate our self-talk sounds a lot like Jeremiah. We blame God for the physical symptoms, his emotional anguish, and his sense of entrapment. Okay? That kind of self-talk initiates intensified despair and depression and feeds our negative outlook. And turning points came when Jeremiah changed his self-talk. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope and changed his thought process by recalling, recalling God's goodness and mercy because of the morning. His great faithfulness. 22, verses 22 and 23. When we change our mind or our outlook, or our self-talk, just like we talked about in the first segment here, first thought here. When we change our self-talk and start building up what God says and not what we're complaining about. In other words, that's why we need to read the Word of God. When the devil starts trying to whisper in your ear and start making you start grumble and complain, that's when you bring out the Bible. Say, uh-uh, devil. God says, this is for me, this is for me, and this is for me. And my God has answered this prayer, my God has answered this prayer, my God has answered this prayer. 
my God promised me this, my God promised me that, and my God promised me that. And you're going to change your outlook. But if you start blaming God or criticizing God or doing this or complaining about things instead of going to God in prayer, you're going to find out that it's going to put you in depression, deteriorate the situation, and, and if you let it go too long, they even lose God. That's what the devil wants. We got to stop the self-talking of negativity and do the self-talking of positive positivity. All right? Which leads us into the third and final thought of this part of the podcast. I mean, this part of the Bible study. And we're going to look at Job. Real thing. Job. Yes. Job chapter 4. Job is coming back into our Bible study for a few minutes. Job chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. Job chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Then Eli Hazah, the termite, answered and said, It will be, if we assay to contend with thee, will thou be grieved? But who can withhold himself from speaking? Behold, thou hast instructed many, and thou hast strengthened weak hands. Now, this is actually one thing that Job's friends actually did right. And then we found out as we were going, there was a few things they did right, but there was a lot that they didn't. He was trying to tell Job, stop complaining about yourself. Stop this self-talk, as we covered in the last thought. You remember how you brung people out by encouraging them with your words. Now encourage yourself with the words that you just did there. And as you're going through life struggles, as you're going through life times, it's hard for us to try to bring our own self out. But that's why we need to go to the Word of God every day. Because let me tell you, no matter if you read what devotion you read, whatever, God knows what you're going to be reading that day. And He always presents them what you are going to read. And it's going to speak to you in a wild and good way. Okay? And that's why we need to do worship time when we do our devotion. We need to do prayer time. We need to ask God to show us what he's speaking to us in our situations, and he will. All right? And we need to do what the Bible says. And I encourage you, my wife does this. And I notice they go up in times when she's really discouraged. She takes little index cards and she writes verses that God promises on them. And she hooks them to a mirror. She puts them on her desk. She puts them in places that she sees them. And she's going to go by every day and she reads them and reads them and reads them and reads them to encourage herself. Okay? Not to be a negative person. Because let me tell you something, saints. The words we speak to ourselves, the words we speak to people, the words that we speak to people we're trying to witness to can either make them or break them. 
We don't want to break them. We want to get them to a place that they've come out of the suppression. <laughs> come out and live for God. To come out and let the enemy start stop stomping on you. All right? But that's hard to do when you got someone criticizing them, telling them what they're doing wrong, or you're talking to yourself about what God has done wrong in your life or other people. We need to start talking good stuff that will encourage us and keep moving on. If they're hurting you, look at the things they are helping you with. All right? Because words can make you or break you. Oh, amen or oh me. Even words that ministers say can break you or make you. I remember a time something was said, and I think really, even though it was said, and it was said the way it was said. And I'm not going to go into it, and I'm not going to name names. The person said something when we were at church, and it offended my mother very bad. And not only that, as the person said that, I looked around the room, and she, the ones that heard that, there was a lot of people that was uncomfortable about it. And let me tell you something, folks. You've got to be careful what you're teaching if you're a Sunday school teacher. You've got to be careful what you're preaching because it can hurt people and it can help people. Now, am I saying, telling you you can't tell them that people have sinned and come short of the glory of God? No. But I don't think God wants you to drag people out right into it. Okay? He wants you to tell it as the group. My wife has a story about a minister that called my wife out in church in front of everybody. And she sat going to that church because it hurt her. And my wife, because she couldn't get there on Sunday mornings because she had a job that required her work on some Sundays. And this minister said something about it in front of the whole congregation. I really thought that she was wrong about what she's supposed to do come to church and risk losing her job because she was supposed to be there. You know, you got to be careful what you say. I mean, I had an incident with a pastor, too, about something. And I'm not saying with pastors because I have a few pastors in my life. And we had a discussion about something. And what this pastor told me I couldn't believe because they would have risked my life and put me in danger and maybe even getting killed. And uh, I don't want to really talk about the conversation because I don't, you know, want to have hurt because some, some of these people are in my lives and they may follow this podcast. Right now, as far as I know, they don't, but they may. And so I don't want hard feelings, okay? But that hurt me. In fact, it hurt my whole household. My mom was, oh, bad word, sorry. 
I shouldn't have used that word, but my mom was very angry, and I'm sorry I used that bad word. Forgive me. Um, it's just how her, how her soul was, and the devil put a bad word in my mind, and I used it. I apologize for that, and I uh, hope that you still watch me. But my mom was very upset, so was I, and I was basically told to do what I got to do because God wouldn't want you to be foolish. And I'm sorry, Jim, I used that word. I wish I could take it back, but I couldn't. It could be worse word, though. But on that note, that's what did we learn here today so far? We learned that we've got to stop complaining. We learned we got to change our self-talk to a positive talk. And we got to learn our words hurt and offend people sometimes. So we got to learn to say these words right. Where to help people and not tear them down. Hallelujah. And once again, I'd like to apologize for that one word that came in. And uh, hopefully you guys don't hold it against me. Okay. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to God's Internet Church Podcast. And once again, I'd like to apologize for using that one word. I realize it's not a big word, and I realize a lot of people might use that word, but I feel it shouldn't have been part of the podcast. And I hope I didn't offend anybody with it. If I did, I'm sorry. Come back and, uh, and you know, let us, you know, word I'm looking for, you know, start over. But if I didn't offend you, apologize that I used it. But before we get into our next segment, I want to read a written commercial. It says, if you want to know about all sports information, go to YouTube, go to the search bar, and type in Charge It to the Game podcast, and you will get all you need about the world of sports. This podcast is on YouTube. I am a describer, and I recommend you to be a subscriber to this podcast. So again, go to YouTube, type in Charge It to the Game and follow this podcast and find out everything you need to know about the world of sports. Now, God teaches us sometimes in different ways. We started this segment a few weeks about I think a couple weeks ago, about a dog teaching this guy about, you know, we need to watch what we're doing. Well, I got that story out of a magazine. My, uh, as I know, I'm a pastor and I, a minister. I get a magazine, just like the pastors do all around the world, and I do read them. And, and just kind of, I've seen this article, and I want to read this article. It's by Gerald E. Um, Gerald E. Weston. And 
and has caused three pillars of stable and difficult times. Right? Because life presents many challenges for each of us. Some suffer from physical infirmities, others experience painful divorces, businesses fail, and layoffs occur. Sounds like a lot that's happening with this pandemic these days. Many throughout history have gone through wars or lost children, even much smaller struggles, ones that are comparative trivial can occupy vast spaces in our lives and minds. Therein, there is much pain in life, and the least of these trials seem endless. There are three pillars of stability that can help you maintain an even near during difficult times, just as they have helped many others times heal at the least of pain. Or loss of a loved one. They can put their loss in perspective, even though they will always feel something missing in their heart. But the greatest stability comes from stability comes from having the right perspective on your life, purpose and knowledge and big picture. Resting on three solid pillars. The one might rest on a three legged stool and will help you more even and positive attitude of the longest passing of time. Does God exist? The question of God's existence is not as simple as it might appear. No one ever agreed on the answer, but there is no in-between. Either he does, exi does, does exist or he doesn't. The answer depends not on our upbringing, but rather on whether we have proven God's existence to ourselves which I have for myself. If I believe God exists, and if you're listening to this podcast, you do too. It is one thing to have faith, but another altogether something else to have faith based on factual evidence. Faith is important and does indeed go beyond facts. But faith should not be blind. Richard Dawkins one of today's most outspoken anti-atheist crusaders equivalent faith in God to belief without evidence. Faith is the great cop out, he says. Great excuse to evade and need to think and evaluate evidence. Faith is the belief in spite of even perhaps because of the lack of evidence. Editor, A Science Case Against God, The Independence, April 20, 1992, and I'm in the process of trying to find some of these old um, magazines to share with you from previous years. Um, when Darkins says faith, of course, he means belief in God. He does not mean belief in evolutionary theory, which he would have to admit also requires faith. If you were being honest in a February 13, 1993 meeting of an American Association American Association for the Advancement of Sciences, which discussed how to deal with the new anthropium Michael 
Ruse, a giant in the field of evolution philosophy, acknowledged that certainly there is no doubt about it that it's in the past, that I think so the present, and many evolutionists. Evolution has functioned as something with elements which are last. Let us face a certain to being special religion. While omitting the evolution in action to a superior religion, Rue has never used the word faith, but faith is an essential equivalent evolution with the regular and in the light. Let not forget Darkin's wrath of faith. Faith is belief in spite of even perhaps because of the lack of evidence. So, basically, he's telling us here in this first spot, you know, I'm just going to read you segments because it's like a five page. Thing. I'm not going to sit and read the whole thing. So he came to the point here for the first one. Our faith is believing what we don't see. You got to believe that Jesus is for you alive, which he's proven that to me. And if you're listening to me, he's proven that to you. So we got to have faith in what we believe in this dying world. We got to have faith that God's going to answer our prayers like he has in the past. And you see God answer your prayers. And every time God answers your prayers, he proves himself to be, be, he proves himself to be real. All right? The second pillar the Bible is a pillar of strength. Okay? One can hear. And this thing coming from Richard Darkin, the quote of God, the God delusion, where he ridicules what both Christian and Jews claim is their source of doctrine and inspiration. The Bible to the fear must of the Bible is not symptomatically evil, but just plain weird, as you would expect of a heretic. Cultural cobble together authority and disjointed documents composed, revised, translated, and distorted and proved of by hundreds of anonymous authors, editors, and copyists unknown to us, mostly unknown to each other. Spinning a century, 2006, page 268. Now that's his claim, not mine. All right. The fact that it remains, the series of books was written by some of 40 different men of a period of 1,500 years, from Iraq to Italy, and places in between, and written in the form of history, poetry, songs, letters, prophecies, all in two primary languages, Hebrew and Greek, and to a lesser extent of Aramaic, only slaves to make the Bible unity, slaves to make the Bible unity of thought more remarkable. We should also note that it has been translated into hundreds of languages and dictated, and that there are far more copies of it than any other book. Perhaps the most remarkable thing about the Bible is the fulfilling prophecies Jesus predicted nearly 2,000 years ago, which again is proof that God is real, which comes to the point. So. 
The first pillar is our faith. The second pillar is our Bible. Strength. That's why it's important to read the Bible. All right? And learn it. Because let me tell you something, things. If you don't, you're going to find that we ain't going to know what the truth is when people are talking to you. You're going to start questioning your faith. Now, going back for a second before we read the third pillar, and I was a new Christian. I was in school and high school, and we had to take the thing, a science class called, you know, he brung up evolution. Now, my teacher, though, I believe was a Christian because he went out and he got the Bible from the library and he put it on the desk. And we didn't really open the Bible because, you know, church and state, you got to keep it separate. But we did discuss the Bible and we discussed every, you know, every different religions too. But he taught, which is not generally, he taught evolution as a theory. Okay. Now, that was all fine and well. But then he showed a movie about Darwin and um, it was when someone made a movie about it and how it was like a mock Darwin was put on um, trial for um, his views. Well, the prosecutor, which not the prosecutor, but his lawyer, even though he was a Christian too, hated to do it, but he broke down the defense lawyer. He put the defense lawyer on there, which was a well-known Christian too. And he got that guy stumbling around like he didn't know what he was talking about. And it hurt the guy and it hurt the guy doing it to him. But, you know, it kind of caused confusion to me at first because because I was a new Christian and I didn't get into the Bible all the way yet. But I remember what my pastor told me and, and I remember some scriptures that were still the devil was taunting me with this so bad but I went to remembrance what I did know and I kept reciting the promise and here I am today I didn't give up. Hallelujah. Now the third pillar is Proving to where is God working? Proving to uh, oneself God exists and that the Bible is a relation of mankind and terrible. Okay? But all, what also is a third pillar to bring relief, stability during times of stress. One of the developed and heartbreak relationships with God the Father, Jesus Christ and His Son, and His Holy Scriptures is that means more than repeating a few words of what exactly does the Bible reveal about God's will for you. Many think they know, but once again, we must ask, have they proved it? Proved it. I think so, because we know there's a lot of scriptures out there that was done and proved of prophecy and things that happened. Hallelujah. So I'm going to say yes.
I believe it was true. And I believe God is real because of what he did in my life and I answered prayers in my life and the changes in my life. So yes, I believe it's proven. And on that note, we came to the end of our podcast today. And we will quickly going to pray for some people that um, my Uncle George did die. So we're going to pray for my family and we're going to pray, continue to pray for Tammy. Um, the the Glopper, who is still in the hospital with Corona. And we're going to pray for her with the missing of the death in her family. And and Bob Pass, lost of his family. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up Bob Pass to you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. I just ask you to continue and hug him and hold him and help him through this loss of my of Bernice, Lord. We just ask you to help him get through this, Lord. And Lord, we ask you to be with Tammy as she's fighting in the hospital for her life over coronavirus, Lord. We ask you with the grieving and everything that she's going through and fighting with this virus, give her the strength she needs to conquer it all, Lord. And Lord, we just ask you to be with the family of my Uncle George, Lord Jesus, and his brothers and sisters. My dad was one of his brothers, Lord. We just ask you to comfort them and help them through this time, help them through this loss. And Lord, I ask you to be with my dad, Lord, and he's got some tests that's got to come up and, uh, I just remembered this, and um, we had open-heart surgery a couple years ago, Lord, but there was might be some talk that they might have to do that again. We hope not. We're hoping that maybe just oxygen would cover it, but he's got some things. He's got to go through an oxygen test tomorrow, I believe. And um, But we just ask you to touch and take control of that situation. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen. And before we close, I will tell you, there will not be a podcast tomorrow because we do it Monday through Thursday. But there will be a podcast starting on God's Internet Church preaching. There's going to be a the worship segment and there will be the preaching segment. And uh, we also will be live on Facebook Live if you want to join us. Just go to your Facebook, look up God's Internet Church, and you will see that the live broadcast, but if you can't, go to that group about 11 o'clock, and it will be put there, too. But on that note, we're running a little late, and so we got to get off the air. The producer's saying it's time to get off, so we got to go. I'm Pastor Ron Weaver saying see you next time on God's Internet Church Podcast. God bless you. I'll talk to you again Monday. God bless you, everyone, and have a good week. Thanks.